friends, this is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week, we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Be Real Babe podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so, so, so much for stopping by always and being the best community possible. I'm your host, Brandy, and today we are on episode 42 and we are talking about parenting, single parenting versus co-parenting and what that difference is. So let's get started with our guest. Now this beautiful human being is someone who's been in my life. You guys have heard her before. Um, She's been on quite a few times now. We just love bringing everyone back. And the one thing I love about this the most is because I've been friends with her for quite a long time. So I've been able to watch her as a parent. So to see her, um, you know, I think it's, oh my gosh, I don't even know, probably 10 years now. Um, So yeah, anyways, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our our first and only guest of the show, Courtney. Hey, babe, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for coming back for, I think it's like your fourth or fifth time now. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's four or five. I can't, I lost track. I'm so terrible. And I'm always like, okay, before they come on, go back, recite every single one. And then I just get so excited about like talking and then we get to talking that I totally forget. But anyways, yes, you've gone on, I think it was like anxiety, depression, um, also for medical cannabis I think yeah medical cannabis and then also when you were trying um and miscarriage for um trying to do in surrogacy surrogacy yes so yeah so today coming on that's why I really wanted to I was you know always when I prep these topics I think of like who out of my group of friends that I've connect to a lot on these topics do I know and soon as I thought about this one it was like oh my gosh, Courtney, because I've watched, met you when you were a single parent. And then I've mm-hmm. watched you get married and uh, did photos for your wedding and watched all that. And uh, also watched you become a co-parent and uh, have a beautiful now. So I thought how perfect for someone to explain what both sides would be like than yourself. Oh, thank you for thinking of me. I love it. I know. It's like, is she too busy? <laughs> I know she's got school and kids and all that, but I just, I appreciate that you always take that time out. And then we always get our little catch up before too. So that's always great. Like, I'm uh, never too busy to help you. That's for ah, sure. And, it's so and I, love I love it. it. It's with our friends too. It's like, we always get that catch up before the show too. So it's like when life's so busy, sometimes it's really hard. Cause you know, you have those friends that you're going to be friends with like Mimi for the rest of time. And it doesn't matter if we talk you know, every couple of months or every six months, like the, the love and the connection still there. So it's like, when we're busy, I'm always like with the podcast, I love it because then it gives us an excuse to like book that time and like commit to it. And then also have that little mini reunion before we, you know, get to do the fun things that we love doing on here. Me too. And I love it. And we always pick up right where we left off. So like, I kind of like our low maintenance friendships. That's kind of what I like right now in my stage of life is if I can go a while and you don't take it personally, then that's perfect for me. Totally. And it's just so respecting like each other's lives and hustles and like not taking it personally. Um, 
I think both of us would say like if something happened or we needed each other or even if we text each other out of the blue like it's never like we don't answer it's never that we're not excited to see we're just life is busy and it's moving quick like you've got the kids I've got the cats you've got school I've got a new promotion things are busy we've got the podcast and it's always like exciting when you get to get together and have that no judgment of like oh well you didn't text me and I feel like that was so early 20s relationships and friendships yeah like this weird standard of like you have to talk all day every day or you're just not it's like whoa I don't even like if Grant's even away working and I'm sure you can attest to this like sometimes you're just so busy in your life you don't even fucking talk to your spouse but like have a good night love you I'm gonna pass out you know like that's exactly how it is but that's I think it comes with maturity and Mm -hmm. age and you know like how busy you are and you can kind of get a sense of how busy other people are too but like I know if I needed you and I called you and I say hey Brandy like I need you can you come like I know you'd be right here so it's 100%. it's not a friendship that like I ever stress about it it's, yeah. it's weird to say it that way but it's and that's the kind of friendships I love is Me when too. you don't have to stress and you know, it's, it's so easy. And that's how friendship should be. Yeah. And I think that happens when you're the most vulnerable and real with those friends, you know, like when we were always real about our mental health. So it's like, even if we're like had a date and it was like, Hey, I'm just not having a good day mentally or anything like that. Like there was never from day one, a question. It was totally like understood. And like, you know, you had that vulnerability. And I think that breeds long time friendships is when you can just be completely because then you know too you're not in your own anxiety thinking oh did she just cancel because she doesn't want to hang out with me it's like no 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 I know that she's like goes through depression or I know that you know something's going on with the kids or you know like especially like you know let's say in Xander's first couple of years um, I know there's a lot going on for you and then you know with work and then Pete was in school and then Trinity was at the sassiest age ever (laughs) and if I was to sit there and be like oh my god Courtney I can't believe you're not paying attention to me like to me that's so fucking selfish because like you had enough going on I don't need to add to that but always being here and knowing if I was like hey, I, um, you know, just having a meltdown, you would still fucking show up for me regardless of all of that, you know? And I don't know. I just think that the biggest advice to me with friendships, especially with parent friendships is being completely honest both ways, right? Yeah, and exactly. And I mean, sometimes if someone says I'm going to come, but then they decide to back out last minute, don't take it personally. Like maybe it's been a rough week with, you know, if, if a spouse is gone and your kids are, you know, constantly fighting or they have things to do and you're just drained that you want the, you know, the hour that you were going to go out with somebody else to yourself. Um, For me, that's the big thing is I'm trying not to feel guilty with saying no, because I'm such a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know this, that I've, I've been slowly saying like, no, I, I don't want to now. Like I can't, I just want five minutes to myself. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause you see the value in that. And it's just like, if you think like, people don't think about this, but an easy analogy kind of to put in, you know, when you're working out and bodybuilders are really terrible at this, myself included, um, is that we don't take rest and see like you, there's so much value and a lot do, but a lot don't. And you just think the more you go, the more successful you're going to be. Um, in reality, you're actually probably draining yourself more. You're pulling and extending energy you don't have and resources you don't have. Um, when that rest and reset is actually super important. And, um, when that comes to your physical body as well, 
um, whether you're training, working, running, or even just your mental capacity. Like, you know, some people have jobs, like some days I have a job where I don't hear from people. I could just do my own thing. It's not draining. I can come home, chat on the podcast, do whatever, no biggie. Or some days it's like, I'm in meetings nonstop. People are constantly asking questions. There's fires everywhere. So for 10 hours a day, I'm like, da, 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 no break, you know, working through lunch. And then I get home and then all of a sudden now I have to podcast and like be, and I'm just like, I just want to stare at a wall for 30 seconds and have silence. And it's not in a, against anybody else. I love doing the podcast. I'll usually change it around, but you're just so drained. And that's the same thing. Like I would imagine 24 seven with parenting. And then on top of that, you have school and all that. So, you know, that hour that you need to just reset yourself. It, it, I know there's like a lot of parent guilt that comes in, but it's, it's super mm-hmm. crucial uh, for everyone's well-being in long term. Like maybe short term, it seems like you're going to gain something, but term it's going to destroy you. It does. We'll talk about that more when we get into the questions. Yeah. But. yeah. So before we get into this a little bit more, especially if no one has listened to any of your uh, podcasts before, um, let's go into tell us a little bit more about your kids. Um. So my kids, I have a 14 year old daughter. She is beautiful. She's smart. She's like talented at drawing. She's my mini me, which scares me so much because she's so stubborn like me too so it's uh, a little scary plus she's in her hormonal stage mm. in itself is scary mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and then we have an almost eight-year-old um, at the end of the month um, he is such a handsome funny smart little boy but he I think got the like sassy worst parts of both me and Pete um, <laughs> into him so that in itself is a little crazy but I love them with all my heart and I mean I wouldn't change a thing they're they keep me so busy but um the good outweighs the bad every single time totally and my favorite thing my I think the one thing too about Xander that's my favorite um I don't know if he still does because I can't see I haven't seen him up close for a while but um the kid has had what looks like fake eyelashes from day one um probably the most beautiful eyelashes on a child I've ever seen in my life (laughs) he has he still has long eyelashes and I kind (laughs) of want to test him with mascara but I don't want to open up a can of if he decides later down the road he wants to then he can do him but um I I I want to see how much longer they will be yeah yeah, he there. I just I remember just right from day one. That's the first thing I noticed. Was oh yeah, he's still all he's still all lashes. Yeah, and then too, it just like sucks you in with those eyes. And I think that's <laughs> the hardest thing with kids is like those eyes, and then the kids have the lashes, and you're like, oh no, this is yeah. like it's kind of like that puss in boots like little eyes that you're just like, oh, how do I say no to this? Like, uh, yeah, we're lucky. Yeah, you were not here. And like well, a dad with his daughter, yes. it's like a mom and her son. Those it just melts. Yeah, your little tiny heart, even if sometimes you want to <laughs> uppercut them. Um, but what is your favorite? What is your favorite thing about being a parent? Would you say? Um, I think my most favorite thing is that no matter how shitty or crappy the day is, whether you know the kids are fighting all day, you know the house is a disaster, you know you've been so busy that there's always this one moment throughout the day where they will surprise you and show you how much they love you um, without you ever having to ask. Like it just comes where like they'll do something sweet. Like um, there's times where like Xander will wake me. Like I had a crappy night before and he'll come in and wake me like with his nose rubbing in 
against my nose and it's just like oh like you just forget all the bad things that ever happened like the previous day or you know during the day so that's like one of my favorites is no matter how crappy the day is there's always that one moment that's just like okay it was so worth it yeah this is why this is why I'm a parent yeah that's and and I love it and it and it's every day mostly every day there might be you know a couple times that there isn't but then you always just get that instant oh wait this is why I love it for sure and I think too we're kind of saying in the last episode uh, last couple episodes is like some of the hard times the easiest way is just to remember like a lot of the bad stuff like because they're learning they're going through boundaries there's stuff going on as they're growing and stuff like all those phases are temporary then this is going to switch to another one that you know you'll kind of miss the weirdness of that phase or you know what I mean like and uh I think that's the I think that's what most parents those little tiny moments like Kayla was just saying the other day out of nowhere I think Cash was just like she just like I guess must have looked busy and he was just like mom how can I help you and she was just like in that moment like just felt so seen and heard by her own you know little one and it was just so gratifying in those moments to to you know know that she's kind of rubbed off on him to you know identify when people around you need help and and to offer a hand and she said it was just such a win parenting moment and uh I really love to hear that from you guys they're always so good I mean you know I win when like the scale goes down um on Benji's (laughs) scale but you know (laughs) we don't have as many wins but I did yeah that's got to be the best part and I imagine like uh going back to like I know they probably don't have as many firsts as they grow up but like all those first things those moments too like where you see them like you know like now Trinity will be scary but like and I have I remember this picture I have of her like pretending to drive my car years ago but you know like the first time she gets her license and you know those like first moments too are just like those little accomplishments um they are there's there's good ones and then there's bad ones because we just are going through a bad one right now um one that I'd never wanted to have to go through with my kids not at this age she just lost a friend of hers who's the same age so this is a first and we're we're kind of working through it. And as a parent, you feel kind of helpless because you don't really know what to do because you haven't been in that situation. So it's, um, it's hard. It's, it's hard to navigate through. And, um, she didn't want to come home when she told me she wanted to stay with her friends. So, you know, just trying to respect that and, you know, planning things to do with them to help them, you know, um, get it off their mind or just letting them talk but it's there's so many different first um yes, and and yeah, it is totally. it's so exciting so yeah and that I never thought about in that sense is the first that's a really good point the first of like the bad things that they have to go through like their first heartbreak or the first you know like you said like losing a friend unfortunately I was like 18 19 when I lost my first friend and that is quite young but to lose that teenage year especially that's a really hard hard time to you know wrap your head around so yeah that is a so I guess that could lead us into then what's your um least favorite part about parenting um my least favorite it's like every day I just feel like did I do enough mm-hmm. like did I do it right am I doing it right because you don't know like there's no, there's no I mean there's book. books on parenting but there's no yeah. like manual of this is what you do you know, when this happens, like there's none of that. So it's like, okay, this is how I handled it, but did I do it right? Is this going to affect them? Like in that, the not knowing um, if you did something that will hurt them or will benefit them is kind of can make you go crazy a little bit too. You just kind of have the trust that what you did 
was right. But because of my anxiety and depression, I mean, that always plays on me. And it's like, okay, did I do it right? Did I get it right? Did I, am I hurting them? Am I helping them? So it's, it's just the not knowing like. Yeah. And not being able to like, like in that last moment, like not being able to, I think for me, it'd be like, not be able to like hide them from the harms of the world too. Right. And then, like you said, like knowing if you've prepared them enough to deal with with them and then some all of a sudden a situation happens where you're just like you would never think you'd have to go through and you're like I wasn't prepared but like to be honest nobody is right like that's the one thing it's like this parent guilt comes on where mm-hmm. you know and I to- I totally can understand where that comes from for sure um but the beauty in that is like everyone feels that way so I think as long as you're aligned to you know, you're doing the best, you're letting them be seen and heard and you're respecting them while equally, you know, putting up boundaries because kids need boundaries Mm -hmm. and regulations. You know, I think over time, you know, I think you can start to, I mean, as they grow up, you can start to see how they just are taking their own stride in their own journey. And then it kind of makes you feel good. Like I always kind of wonder, like when I'm checking with my mom, like, oh, I'm still doing good mom. Right. So you could feel good. You can feel good about the things that you thought you did wrong when I was younger, you know, are we ready to let that go? I'm 35 now. (laughs) I I know, but I think as, I think as a parent, even as a child, like, I mean, being 33, you still kind of look back and you're like, oh, like I want to do something that make my parents proud. Like even when you get older, right? Like you still want that, um, you crave for that acknowledgement that they're happy and they're proud of like what you did. So um, even trying to remember that parenting is like okay let's let them do this but then you know they can kind of be proud and you can be proud and just finding ways to show it yeah for sure and it's like you know it's too bad that parenting didn't come with like this kind of like little exam like you said you just never know if you're doing good and it was just like okay they uh you know here's their birthday let's go over the year no yeah you did good okay you passed like Kate you're doing good next <laughs> you know I know like, um one thing in school that we're learning um like because I'm in doing teaching is like exit slips, um, like at the end of your day to kind of see where the kids are, um, you know, if they learn anything. And I'm like, could I use that at home where I could just like Ooh. give my kids an exit slip and be like, okay, what did I do right today? And what can yeah. I use work on? Yeah, I need your feedback. Uh, constructive <laughs> criticism really helps me uh, work on. I, I totally agree. And it's just like, um, it's kind of, like baking without having the proper recipe kind of in a sense where you're just like throwing some shit in, mixing it together and hope that it turns out like, you know, but I think for the most part, you guys are doing a great job. All of my mom friends and, and male, I, that shouldn't be just mom friends. They do have dad friends as well. They all think that you guys are, you all think you're doing a terrible job and I'm just sitting back, like so proud of all of you and the kids that you're, you know, bringing into the world. So I'm just like, I could totally relate in the sense where I understand that I always feel like I'm falling short on things, but on the outsider's perspective, it's just like, y'all are fucking nuts. You're doing a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, we are crazy. Yeah. Everything does that to you. So a hundred percent, but, um, a lot of us can see through that and, and, and understand it, even if they, we don't go through it. And I think it's just kind of great sometimes to be that, you know, like, like the auntie or whatever, and just being like smacking you guys into reality being like, okay, but 
I have three cats and I still can't have my shit together. So um, you have to give yourself a little bit more grace because you have kids and we're, we're about the same level here. So you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> I may need to re- reevaluate some things here, but I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but diving into more of like your single. So uh, we have two kids and um, to kind of go through this a little bit. So Trinity, you were for the most part, a single parent. Um until you met Pete, obviously, um, what were some of the struggles you had, um, being a single parent for those couple of years? Yeah. So it was probably four years. I was a parent by myself. Um, I mean, I did have help for my parents, but that's a different kind of help Mm -hmm. for me. Like it was the parent guilt. If I took time for myself, because realistically you can't find a spouse if you don't take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and just wanting that time because even back then, like I had so much going on too, like work and her and I was in school back then too. So taking that time for myself and not feeling guilty about it um, because she was already down a parent. Yeah. So now I'm taking time for myself. She's down a parent. So now she's down another parent because I decided I wanted, you know, to go out and um, do a little bit of things because I was still young. I was um, 19, 18, 19. So still kind of have a little bit of a life and just trying to balance it all and not feel guilty about it, which I did. Um, I think it played a big role in, um, a lot of things for so many years because I had that guilt that, you know, I didn't stay home on a Friday night. I would try not to go out if she wasn't sick. Like that's, you know, I wouldn't do that. Um, but even just like taking a weekend away, it's like, oh my God, this is a weekend I could have spent with her. But now as I guess a 33 year old, I look back and I, I think you shouldn't have felt that way because that kind of helped you realize that it's okay. Like even now I have the same guilt, you know, if I go away without my kids, um, the mom guilt, you know, we could have been doing things, but it's healthy. It's healthy Mm -hmm. to spend time away from your kids because otherwise you get stuck in that all day, everyday life and you forget to take things for yourself or take time for yourself and you just you lose who you are um so that was a big one for me yeah it's like almost a lot of the times I feel like and that's for a lot of places in life if you're hyper focused on one area of your life and you know that's all you're looking at and you don't take a step back whether that's being a parent or you know, with with your own business or working a career and you're so hyper focused and that's you kind of don't see what other things are maybe like, I'm not saying falling apart, but you know, there's so many aspects to having a full life. And so for me, for example, and I'm sure moms, parents can relate to this. You get so focused. Let's say I get so focused on work that is very easy for me to let my nutrition go to waste or just take the easy routes. And that's why I like love fitness because it makes me uh, have to be um, more accountable to what I'm eating and have to put those boundaries up and being like, okay, yeah, work's important. But if I don't fuel myself, I'm not going to be a better person, you know, and I think parents really have a hard time because you're literally helping a a whole nother human being. It's not a job where, you know, I'm only getting paid for here to here. Right. So that's such a hard, hard thing, I think, to do. Oh, it definitely is. And you it it isn't just you that you're responsible for. Like you're responsible for a whole nother human being and it's day to day. So if you both make it through the day, then great, because especially when they're younger, it is very taxing. Like when the, if they're picky eaters or, um, you know, it's just been an off day or they're sick where you can't No, I don't want this. 
so it's just getting through that day. It's like, okay, check. We made it. Who yeah. cares about anything else? And when you have a spouse, um, there's, so say you're having a hard day. I mean, it's usually joint, but let's just say, you know, at least if you're like, okay, today's extra hard for whatever reason, you can like be like, Kate, you're taking dinner tonight. I need, I need, I need a second. When you're a single parent, that's not really an option unless, you know, you have a friend or family, but a lot of the times, yeah, you might have them, but they don't live with you. Or even if they do, they have their other shit. You, you feel the guilt of asking, right? So I imagine that's um, one of And the- it is, it's a struggle yeah. because if they take on the parent role, then there is now, like, you know, I did live with my, my parents. So there was three of us, which I think can cause some confusion for a child too. Cause now she's not only has like her parent, but there's two other adults that if I say one thing, she can go to two other more people that can give her a different answer. So even though they're not the parent, she can still look at it in that view um, and kind of get what she wants, right? Yeah. So it's... Oh, man, I did that. That was me because I had my mom, my grandparents, and my dad. So I would go to my mom's during the week and my grandparents and my dad was every second weekend they switched off. So when I go for the weekend, my grandparents and my dad, their rules were a lot looser than my, let's say my mom's. And so I would go there and get, you know away with things that I necessarily wouldn't get away with my mom. And then I'd come back and have to like have an attitude adjustment because it was like, no, things aren't like that. And it was just a very weird dynamic where it built where for the longest time I kind of had this like, Oh, my mom's like this big authority, mm-hmm. you know, at where my dad were like this fun time and they, they had their rules. Like I wasn't a fucking orangutan, but like, you know, where my mom was definitely more structured and trying to keep me in this like structured life because my life was scattered all over places and then I'd go and just like be willy-nilly eat whatever I want do whatever I want go and hang out like the rules weren't as strict my curfews weren't as strict um and then it caused a lot of animosity between me and my mom because there was three different fucking ideals of how I should be raised and that is right and I see it so much even now um with friends and other things and I think there should be a way like no matter what you chose to bring a kid into the world. So you need to work together as a unified, no matter if you hate each other or not, you have to work together because kids, no matter if they're like two or 15, they know how to play you off of Mm -hmm. each other. And that's a big thing. So you need to work as a team, whether it's you come up with a schedule that works for both of you at both houses, but it's, they, they know how to play you and they're really, really good at it. Yes. Even like four and five. Because they sit back and they, absorb they watch they sit back and they see it from a perspective that the people that are in it don't exactly and even if you don't think that that's what they're doing that is exactly and they know well mom don't let me do this but dad will or dad don't but mom will so I mean I think as a society like we need to be like no matter what find a way to put your hatred apart from everybody like for each other and just come up with a schedule that works so they know if you're in trouble at mom's house when you go to dad's house you're going to be in trouble there too. So that yeah. you're both on the same page. Cause otherwise it does get confusing for them too. Yes. And then it's like, then it, like you said, then it's back and forth and then, and then, and then, I mean, subconsciously or not, then you start doing things to make your kids like you more. Um, exactly. And then it's like pushing boundaries in it. Well, mom lets me eat candy at the, or whatever, you know, and you can have whatever diet, like, yes, there's got, but there's got to be some common ground. And I think a, a, a way to maybe look at it. And I know that must, it's way fucking harder this way because there are emotions. There's usually past mm-hmm. trauma, bullshit involved. But if you can look at it almost like as a business deal and that you need each other as like 
co-owners to make this business a success. If you can look at it, like literally putting like, you know, in business, it's always like you put your emotions aside, like they do not belong here. This is for the common good of the child and structuring this child to go and like not be affected by our bullshit, our trauma, our emotions, our reactions, strictly having this really good structure so that they can grow to be the human beings they're meant to. Yes, of course, there's got to be emotions and love and all that. Mm -hmm. That's totally different. I mean, between the two, because kids pick that up and they will bring that into their relationships, whether that's their work relationships, their uh, romantic relationships, their friendships, their everything, their relationships with them fucking selves. They leap onto that. And I like that to me is so huge. And it just nothing pisses me off more um than parents on either fucking side manipulating and using their children back and forth to like quote unquote win something um when really what is winning is when you come together as co-parents and you set those children up for success and i don't give a fuck what anybody says that is 100 percent possible i've witnessed it in um like my own life let's say um, my parents were actually very good at not um, talking shit about each other. Um, they didn't really, you know, there was a little bit when I was younger, but once they kind of realized what was happening, they were very like structured, kind of the same, like no bullshit. And they didn't talk shit about each other. There was no hating and pushing. It was just like, until she realizes things as an adult, we're going to step back and let her figure things out as like my parents or my parents and their relationship shit. But my relationship with each of them didn't need to be shit. Um, and they didn't need to t- treat each other like shit because that was just co-creating these expectations of what you know relationships could be and that's not what you want and I'm sorry that sounds like huge like judgmental do whatever you want but as a child that came from that like that's super important and that was a rant sorry no but it isn't but you can look at that now so if you're ever in that position you can be like okay I came from this yeah you know I like what they did here I didn't like this so let's change this part and it gives you some insight but it I mean I like hearing other people's stories so I can be like you know that's a good idea or you know I like how you're doing it what if you tweaked it this way like it but it's hard to like as parents or as people we don't necessarily like criticism all the time um I mean for me you got a better way of doing it delivery too right like if yeah. it's being delivered in a constructive concerning like hey I see that you're having issues with this I did too this is what I tried just giving this information rather than being like this is how it should be and I think my whole thing is like not using kids and taking that out because them being raised is far more important than any drama you have between the two of you exactly and I mean you loved each other enough to have a child so yes. find a way to love each other enough to be on the same side at least until they're adults yes and to the big things like I'm not saying you need to know every degree of you know what that person is doing but having some clear understanding that you know oh bedtime is you know nine ten o'clock in our house oh then let's not maybe have it midnight you know what I mean and or like having the conversation I know that's hard but putting things away and aside um for the common good of the kid um so back to this is so great. But what are some of the wins that you've had as a single parent where you're just like, fuck yeah, I did this. <laughs> um, honestly, like it was so long ago that I do forget a little bit. I mean, we got through it. I mean, That's- that was the biggest win. Like we, we survived it. We didn't yeah. need um, anybody else. Like it was me and her. So, I mean, I chose to have somebody. I didn't necessarily need anybody. Um, we just made it work. We just found a way to to make every day 
work. And we had such like, there's times where we did so many good adventures and, um, you know, there's times where we didn't have the best time either. So, I mean, I think, I think just getting through being a single parent by yourself, whether it's, um, from day one and then you get a spouse or you just do it straight through by yourself. I think that in itself is a win because it's hard and no one tells you, um, how hard it is when you are by yourself because you are the only person who's checking in and you don't get to check out. Like you don't get to use the bathroom by yourself. You don't get to, you know, someone's around you when you're trying to cook. Um, you know, when you're doing laundry, like when you go out to get groceries, you can't just leave them at home. You either have to find a sitter or you have to take them with you. Like there's no, when you check in, there is no checking out. So like getting through that, um, and getting them where they need to be and who they need to be. That's the win. Totally. Absolutely. And the fact that you, um, that you guys, I feel like it bonded you guys in a different way than it will for the rest of your life, you know, like, and I feel like that's the same with me and my mom. Like, you know, we always have good relationships with everyone else, but like, there's that special bond between a, a single mom and, and kids like, but daughter, there's, I don't know that I like, for example, that I have with my mom, that is just so different. Like we survived it all on our own. And although we didn't need anybody else, we had them. Um, and that was great. It was, but it was just knowing that we were strong enough, no matter what happens to always stand on our two feet together. And that no matter what happened in the world that me and her can always do it together. And I think that's such a cool dynamic between, and I'm sure that's like that with all parents, like I'm not saying that, but I think there's just this different special bond when you're a single parent to your kid. And you've been through that where, you know, when my mom was first started out, she had nothing in an apartment to, you know, owning a house and having a full family again. And just like you said, getting through that and still having them, you know, alive and happy and, and successful humans as well as yourself is, is a huge win. Um, what would be the biggest lesson that you've learned as a single parent? Um, that it's okay to ask for help, even if you think that you have to do it all on your own. Cause I did for a lot of times, like, even though I had like my family around, I still thought that I had to do everything by myself. Um, and I still am that way a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think just knowing that it's okay to ask for help. Like if you need it, ask for it. If you're not feeling good, um, it's okay to say, Hey, look, I'm sick. Can I get some help? Um, just cause I mean, that's the thing too. Like when you're sick, you have to, like you have somebody else that you have to take care of too. So knowing that like, it's okay to ask for help, um, and not feel guilty about that or take time for yourself and not feel guilty about that. Oh, totally. Um, and that's, come with, um, age too. And just looking back and be like, okay, you know, I didn't have to feel guilty. They're still happy. They're still healthy. Um, I just kind of, you know, let it play on me and eat at me, um, and feel guilty about it when I, when I really shouldn't have. Yeah. Like spending that energy somewhere else. Like it's, it's good to be aware. You know, I think people get like, maybe sometimes a little confused of being like, you know, Oh, just like, don't care. You know, no, it's like being aware of like how things were. And if you did something like if you legitimately were like, I didn't show up the best I could have, but not holding on to that, because we all make mistakes. That is literally look at kids. For example, how many times do you watch them attempt to do something before they can do it? That's what life is. There's no difference when you're going through different phases of your life. But somehow we think because we're adults, we should just be dialed in and we should just that's not really the case. It's like, you know, you tried this, it didn't work, you know, unless your child's in actual danger. I mean, come on, if you're, you know, smoking meth with them in the room, like, yeah, okay, not cool. Um, But you know, if, 
for example, like I know a lot of parents hold guilt for just little things that their kids, you know, have done, or like if they misbehave in public or, you know, are rude to someone, you know, they're, they're just learning, you know, that's, and, and, and as adults, we're learning too, as we grow, you know, and, but kids don't ever give up. No, I mean, you're watching a kid trying to crawl. Like it's hilarious. They don't give up until they do it. I mean, there's adults that act like kids. So, I mean, realistically, they're still learning too. So true. (laughs) I'm still learning. I feel like I'm like, Oh my God, what? But that's life. Life is growth. And if you can recognize what you did and that, you know, it needs your next time or your next attempt at it, you need to change something different. That's growth. And that kind of learning I love Mm-hmm. It's when you know you did it, but you do it again the same the next time and then the next time and then the next time. That's not really growth. No. And it's being like, hmm, what can I improve? Do it better. Like I did it. Fine. Aware. Cool. But then like we said, you mean you were guilty of that holding on to something. And it's like six years later, like, are we still here with this? Yeah. But we- that's part of the anxiety and depression too, right? So, totally. I mean, you have to be kind of aware, but it's nice to have that where you can look, I can reflect back now and be like, Oh wait, I remember it differently than when I was in it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice to see what I can do differently or how it's transitioned from one stage to the next, like being a single parent to being a co-parent, like, you're like, Oh wait, which one was easier? Yeah, totally. Yeah. No. So that's, that would be my next question. Then now having obviously um, uh, four, four or so years later, I think that's what you said was then you're now obviously married with Pete and then you had Xander. So what is, um, it like now having a spouse present in the parenting role? Um, I mean, it's a struggle sometimes because at the end of the day, you have to remember that both you and your spouse were raised differently. Mm-hmm. So your parenting styles are different. So that's a big thing. Um, it's never going to be perfect. Um, you both are never going to be on the same page a hundred percent with everything. So recognizing that you were both raised differently, how you see things are different. Um, I mean, I still get the single parent um, lifestyle every now and then when he goes out of town mm-hmm. and then it gives me a chance to reflect and be like, okay, when he comes home, how does that affect our adjustment? Um, you know, if he's been gone for two or three weeks, we get into such a good routine, then he comes back. Um, how does that affect? And how can I tell him without making him feel like he did something wrong? Yeah, totally. Um, so that he can adjust to how it is too. So like taking your spouse, like it's, it's hard when you have kids and a spouse and everything else to realize like, okay, what we do together, these are things that work. Um, these are things that we are doing that aren't working. So for us, we had to come up with like, um, kind of like a, a schedule together that worked for both of us. Cause there's things that I don't give in on. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander was a really bad sleeper. Um, and he slept with us for probably the better part of up until right before COVID. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the dirty word, but and then I, then because I was home with him all the time, I was like, no, you're getting out of this. Like we're spending 24 hours a day together in a house. Like yeah. you can't be in my bed too. Um, yeah. So I, I changed it and then Pete was away working and then he come home and then 
he would sneak in bed. So when Pete was away, I, if Xander came in, I would move him back. Yeah. Um, and then I got him out of it and then he come home and it instantly changed because we were different. Yes. Um, and then that was a big adjustment, but trying not to blame him for it. Cause it wasn't his fault. He just kind of didn't know my pattern. So coming up with a schedule that worked for both of us, um, things like how we parent, making sure you're on the same side, whether he's wrong and you're right or vice versa, having their back so that, you know, you don't tell the kid one thing and he tells them something different um, so that you stand united and the kid sees that and then you can fight about it kind of later when they're not yes, uh, absolutely. not around. Yeah, when they're so not a part of the equation. Yeah, it's been good. But it, I mean, it's definitely an adjustment, though, because of the fact that you you are raised differently and yeah. you see things differently. So you have to find a way to do it together. Find what works for your family. The best things that um, that can come out of it, it is finding something that works for you guys because every family is yeah. different. Um so I, for us, yeah, it was, it was making a schedule that worked. And, you know, it's kind of interesting in like your situation. I know there's a couple of people that'll be also in the same situation where it's like, I'm not gonna say normal parents, but, and, and, and like more often than not situations, you go through figuring out what parenting is together and figure out what your parenting habits are or the way that you do it with yourself or moms, for example, that have uh, or parents that come in with a child before, you know, you were already how many years into parenting yourself and your own ways and developing your own habits. So not only are you having to, you know, it's, it's different conversation when you're going through things together, but you had already developed your parenting style and, and, and was working through that when you started co-parenting with your second. So it's like, okay, but I did it this way, you know, like, I'm not saying that's how you were, but I think for me, it'd be had this like, not egotistical, but like in a, for lack of a better word being like, oh, okay, but I already did it with this kid. And I know what's good and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Cause I've already done it the first time. And then, you know, it's like, well, when you're a new parent together, at least you're both like, well, we've never done this before. So that's not even a, a thought pattern. But for me, I think I'd probably have this like mild, like, well, I've done this before. I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> even though I don't. And it is, and it's, it's hard to, um, I, adore women and men who take on the responsibility of another child because it isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you come in and Pete had this adjustment, knowing what his role was, knowing like, could he discipline her? Um, and you have to have that conversation. Like, what is my role? What can I do? Um, feeling comfortable doing it, letting them, you can't just assume like, if you move in together right away, that they're going to take on that. I mean, they do take on the parent role to a point, but they also need to find their comfortability with being that full-time parent. Cause that's an adjustment in itself too, where you take on a whole child um, and they know they do, but finding, I mean, I had four years of doing it and all of a sudden he's has a four-year-old. So just yeah. knowing the child and knowing what he could do and, feeling comfortable with saying like, no, or, you yes. know, no, you know, just finding that. So you have to give them grace too. And, uh, when it comes to that, cause I don't think I did as much. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, I could have probably given them a little bit more grace than I. Oh, and how do you know though? That's all, you know, is us you two, right? Right. So, I mean, even looking at it now, or if you're going into that, just remember that whether you're the person who's entering a blended family or someone's coming into your blended family, um, that just give them some grace because they're trying to figure out it's it's new to them too. So they're trying to figure out 
kind of where their part is because for the longest time it was just me and her then he kind of had to find his place in our kind of family your groove um so yeah like that's that's a big thing and I yeah I totally get that too and it's like you said like you've you know um especially if some men have never been and or some and on either side have never been around kids too and then I'll and I'm not saying that was Pete's situation but some people honestly haven't and then all of a sudden then they're dating someone and then all of a sudden they're together and it's like oh now you've got this like three four or five year old and it, it is super overwhelming because you like a where do your where do your place how do you communicate with this little being you know if you've never really communicated with them before which I never really realized because like I was 12 and my mom had kids and everyone was having kids so I was around kids a lot so mm-hmm. but I also didn't realize that some families were matured and didn't have that and didn't have cousins and you know any of that growing up and they didn't see or deal with the child until they're an adult or a parent themselves um and I just to me that was just like what like I've been around kids but that is a thing and you know people don't necessarily talk about that or maybe even have the awareness of what it would be like, say, if you're the parent of that person coming in and how, you know, they're just trying to find, like you said, their place and how, how can I support without trying to overstep and try to be that parent that, you know, you know, it's a fine line and and, and it is a, a kind of like a, a heightened emotions because if, you know, it could be just from a fresh divorce or a loss, or there could still be, you know, some trauma into that. So it is a, fine uh you know i give commandment to people that do come in and do that so well like and and are doing their best anyways and it's just nice to see the conversation happen more and more so people feel more uh safe to make errors in that aspect too as a step parent um you know you're gonna make mistakes i think too it's hard because you just like immediately want to control that but you're like okay i gotta let them have this they have to fight it out they have to work it out between the two of them that's a them thing and it was, and that was our situation because Pete is, well, he's an only child, mm-hmm. but he's also the youngest um, in his family. Like he's the youngest grandchild. So for him, he wasn't like the first time he held a baby was when he held Xander. Right. See, so, so it was scary. different for him and he had no idea. So I just kind of let them do his own thing. And I mean, he was amazing because he taught her how to ride a bike and he was, I'm not a parent that handles vomit very well, but he <laughs> did. And he took on that role because he knows I hate it. Um, and he did so much so. Um, and I and I love that for him. I'm like, you just took one thing that I hate off my plate. Um, <laughs> but best. right, it's, it's parenting, it's co-parenting where you, you know, do what the other person hates. I mean, I changed um, most of the poopy diapers with Xander because I, I'll handle poop. I don't like vomit. Yeah, um, that's so fair. we kind of compromise, but it and is so, like it. I was gonna say, what are the biggest advantages besides trade off of the uh, poop and and vomit of having a spouse to co-parent with? When you need that time to yourself, um, there's less guilt. You still have it, but you also have someone reminding you, "Hey, like I see that you are not." doing good right now or you know you're you know a little upset or you look like you need to have a little break why don't you go for a drive go get a coffee why don't you have a hot bath why don't you take five minutes to yourself to kind of come down from wherever you are um and then come back like so just having someone else recognize that you need some time to yourself um and making you feel 
okay with doing it. And that's a big thing. Like even now I struggle so much because I am so busy um, that I feel guilty if I take, you know, an hour by myself or two hours by myself. It The guilt is still there, whether you are single or you have a parent, you, you don't want to do it. Like it's just, you know, it's an hour that I could have with my kids doing something fun, but knowing, um, and I remind myself every day that knowing that if I decide to say to the kids, you know what, mom's going to go in her room, close the door for 30 minutes. Um, so she can have some alone time that that's okay. And it's okay to take it. You need it because you need to regroup. You need to de-stress. You need to kind of get everything else that's playing on your mind off your mind before you can really come back and parent properly. Because um, sometimes, you know, if the kids are fighting with each other and, you know, they are yelling at each other and then you forget to not yell, you do. And then you're like, oh, shit, then you need to step back and then regroup and then kind of come back and be like, okay, he's really good with being like, okay, you go take five minutes. I'll deal with this. Come back when you're ready. Um, awesome. So it's, it's really beneficial. I've been lucky enough that I said to him, like, I've been so busy. I don't really take time for me. Um, he knows that. I know that. You know that. Everybody around us Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> that I, like, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I like went to a hotel by myself. Um, but when we went away this year, I said to him coming back, like, I just want a couple nights where I don't feel guilty, where I can go be by myself, enjoy outdoors, do the things. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, I thought I was going to get some pushback. Um, and he's like, no, okay. Um, my kids already had all their plans. One was going with my um, parents. I asked my sister to take my oldest and I did. I got that. And it was such like being by myself in nature. It was the best thing um, that you can do for yourself. If you haven't done it, I suggest that you do. Whether you take one night or two nights, even if you can get a couple hours, just find something, whether it's in nature. I suggest nature because it's more uh, beneficial to your health. Whether you mm -hmm. go and sit by a lake or you know get your favorite food and go and hang out somewhere, just take it because when you come back, you're in such a better place mentally. Um, and then you wonder, oh my God, why didn't I do this more? Why am I doing this once a month? Why am I not doing this, you know, every three months, but you are like, you're in such a better place. Um, that, yeah. And when you have a spouse, I mean, it's easier to do that because you, um, have that person to pick up the slack for you, but it is. And that him just allowing me to do that. And he stayed home and, he was home by himself. He still worked, but he was home by himself and the kids were gone. Um, it was nice. So we both got some time away from each other. The kids were gone. So we got a little bit of time away from the kids. And then I came back and we had some time, just the two of us. And it was like such a liberating feeling to be like, okay, it was nice that we each got a break. The kids got a break from us. We got a break from them. We got a break from each other um, and just helped us regroup so much better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think the coolest part about that too, when you have the mom guilt and it's more like when they're not away doing stuff, but if they're just spending time with dad, it's like, that's their quality time with dad too. Right. As looking at, it, it's like they get to have time and he gets to have that time 
uh, focusing on stuff that makes their relationship special, you know, instead of it being like mom's taking time, you know, just to like reframe that thought pattern is being like, okay, you know what, this is a really good time for you and the kids to have some bonding and mom get some her time, you know, and backing up from that. And I, I love that. And I feel like Pete has always been very good at doing that for you. Um, so I think another big advantage for you is that he's always been your cheerleader and your rock when everything else seems messy. Um, and you're like, you know, always having that person like to cheer you on. And I think that's one of the things that I've noticed on the outside for you is like, no matter what, he's always been that solid, like voice of reason in whatever aspect that you need. And I think that for co-parent huge, but just as you as a person as well. Oh, he definitely has. And he put it in perspective the other night. Like I was just, he's gone. So he's been gone for a few days. The kids need stuff. Like this is my, my class ends at the end of the month. So I have papers due all the time. I have an assignment. And I just said to him, like, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm done for the night. I don't want to finish this assignment. You know, the kids were in bed, but it was a struggle getting them to go to bed. You know, they fought about what they wanted to eat for dinner. It was just a crappy night. And I just, I said to him, I'm like, I'm just so done. I don't want to finish this paper. I just want to hand it in. And he said, he's like, Courtney, he's like, that's not like you to just give up. And I'm like, I know. And then like, it hit me and I'm like, Mm. oh shit. Like he just fucking like verbally smacked me across the face. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, crap. I'm like, he fucking knows me better. My language. than I know myself sometimes. And I'm like. He's right. He's like, I, I don't, I normally don't, I'll push through it and do what I have to do. But I'm like, crap, like, and having a spouse that does that and can recognize that like helps you so much, like parenting as yourself, when they're like, you don't ever give up this easy. So why are you now? They kind of smack you and be like, okay, you, you got this, you've done this millions of times. So why, why are you choosing this moment to give up? You know, whether the kids are playing a part in that whether it's life whether it's friends family whatever when they can be the person that sm- like snaps you back into reality and be like you don't ever give up so don't now it's like the biggest feeling in the world yeah because that's that that one person and that's what you face all things with and they know your vulnerabilities they know what you look like first thing when you wake up and you haven't done anything or when you're sick or you know they know you in and out so Sometimes, you know, you get caught up in, let's say, what society or the world or people around you are saying, and then that person immediately is like, hey, hold on, I know you in and out, and always that you're good and bad, and like, what is this about? Like, and you need those call-outs. I think that's men are the best at that, of calling out that bullshit, like, you know, and, and, and we need that, and um, whether, like you said, whether that's in parenting or in any aspect, but I think for parenting, too, it's like you said, it's you two, not against them, but you kind of have to be a unit because they're they're crafty little ninjas oh my god aren't they ever like (laughs) so many times yesterday for example like the kids know I tell them all the time like do not rough play because one is 14 and one is eight and which they love doing and I'm like don't do it one of you always gets hurt (laughs) and then of course one got hurt and now has a loose tooth (gasps) thankfully it's a baby tooth but But still like See, I told you, like mom knows, I told you not to do it. And you guys did. So, you know, Here we are again. <laughs> Here, let me just add another check to mom's being right. <laughs> right. I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? The damage is already done. I can't do anything. So you can come and cry with me. Then you got to wipe off your tears and go about your day. And 
carry on with yourself. Um, outside of like having the, like outside of like compromising, let's say, because, you know, like you said, that was a big struggle. It's just like, like you said, that is a huge thing. People are raised completely different. And especially if you're raised in different parts of the world or under different, you know, cultures under different religions, like, you know, and, and there's gotta be a fine balance to, you know, uh, respecting everyone and making everyone feel safe as we were talking about before we got started on the show. Is there any other um, things that you find hard co-parenting versus um, single parenting besides compromising? I mean, I think it's just hard in general. Like when you're single, it's your way. This is how you do it. Um, and, and there's nobody, there's nobody second guessing you. There's nobody questioning you. You're doing it your way. Um, when there's somebody else, I'm very much, I think because it was just her, I'm very much, this is my way. This is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to check me sometimes. He's like, well, just because I didn't cut the carrots, right. Does it mean that he still can't eat them? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, Damn okay, it. yeah, I get, it. but it's true. Like, even in that aspect, he's like, I didn't do this right. I didn't do it your way. But it still got done and I'm like, okay, you're right. So like even that, knowing like when, I guess to pick your battles kind of. Yeah. Um, that's because I mean, even with parenting, there are those battles where you're like, no, my husband didn't fold the clothes and put it in the away or put it in the right drawers um, properly. So do I fight with him about that? Or, you know, he let the kids stay up five minutes past their bedtime or, you know, he went in and the biggest thing right now for us is because he's away, I've been reading with Xander, tucking him in and then leaving the room so he can fall asleep by himself. Pete mm-hmm. doesn't do that. So I'm like trying to pick my battles. We do a bed routine a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, is it worth having a fight over? So those are the things that you, you kind of got to take five seconds and be like, is this worth causing an argument over? Yeah. Um, is it worth, you know, making your partner feel upset because you think he's doing it wrong and you're doing it right or vice versa. Um, just honestly find just little ways to compromise. That's yeah. my thing. And, and I'm trying, I'm trying to let things go, but I'm a very, like, I like schedules and he doesn't, I like being early. He doesn't. So for us, we compromise um, quite daily in our life. I'm always half an hour early he's like five minutes beforehand. So I'm like, can, can you just give me like 15 minutes? Yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, I can't do any more than 15. So like even that, like just finding that balance um, of what works for you. And and that's the whole part of co-parenting is finding stuff that works for both of you. Yeah. that's totally uh, And not true. just one of the parents. Yeah. And having that open discourse all the time about it. And I think having the uh, like letting go of the ego and just being, I think communication is huge. Just being like, Hey, this is how I think it should go. But knowing that, like you said, people are raised differently. There could be true mm-hmm. two truths to every situation and both parents could be equally right, but it's coming together to decide what's best for you in that situation. And then at that time, um, do you think, and I think you'll probably say yes to this, but do you think that parents really struggle keeping their personal identity separate from their relationship identity, as well as like their identity as a parent like that feels like you guys have to be kind of like three very important people with three different very important priorities oh yeah I definitely do I think that is probably the number one thing um because 
even we talk about it now because we have um, our relationship has not always been perfect and we had really hard times and we've had really good times. So for us, we took a step back and had a conversation and I said to him, at the end of the day, when you look at this in however many years, um, it's just going to be you and I. Um, <laughs> True. Right? It, it is. It's just going to yeah. be. Um, it's just going to be you and I, sorry, my kid just come in and interrupted. Yes, buddy, you can go play with your friend. Okay. Um, (laughs) it's just going to be you and I. Um, so if we let the kids not control our life, take over every aspect of our life, what is it going to be when they leave home? So if we don't make time for you and I together, if we don't make time for ourselves individually, what is it going to be like when the kids leave our house, right? Like we're realistically, I mean, you're always going to be a parent, yes, but, but from the time they're born to the time they're 18, that's the most crucial part where you're preparing them. So yeah, they'll go out and they'll go to college, but they'll always come home and you'll always be a parent. But at that age, you no longer, I mean, are like constantly parent them day by day. Yeah. Um, whereas and that's what I said. And we had that big issue because we were letting life with the kids, like their activities and everything take over everything. We were missing date nights. We were missing time for ourselves. Um, we were like not focusing on making sure that as individuals we're happy mm-hmm. um, and we're healthy, making sure that our relationship as a couple were healthy and happy. Um, we were just kind of forgetting that and just doing the parenting part of it until like I finally snapped back into reality. Cause when you get to a certain point where, you know, your friendship slide, your relationship with your husband slide, your relationship with yourself slide, you need that reality check. Cause otherwise you're just parenting you and you have nothing else left. So when I decided to go away by myself, I'm like, okay, well that's a good thing. Cause I mean, the older your kids get, the less time they really want to spend at home because they're with friends and everything else. So you have to find a way to let not parenting be like on the back burner, but not be the number one. I mean, number one is you, if you're not happy, you can't really, or healthy, you can't help anybody else. So you need to be number one your relationship with your husband needs to be number two. And then your relationship as a family, that is your last priority Mm -hmm. or it is to me. And that's how I perceive it. Because if I'm not happy with myself, I can't be happy in a relationship with my husband. And if we're not happy in a relationship, we can't help our kids the best way possible too. So just taking that and recognizing that, you know, our relationship really comes before our kids because if we're not healthy and happy, what is it going to be left when they leave home? Like, it's just going to be you and and I. And what are you teaching them is important in a relationship for their future? Exactly. So, I mean, that was a big thing. And if, if I say, if any other parent is doing, because I know probably everybody else is, don't feel guilty for deciding to put your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your husband before those other relationships, like being a parent and being a kid, because it's okay to take those because in the, you know, your kids are going to leave. Um, they're going to leave you and go off and do their own thing and get their own family. And then you need to show them as a couple and as an individual that it's healthy for you guys to have a relationship that is a priority over them sometimes, because that's how you 
move on to the next generation. That's how you have your kids have spouses and have grandkids is when they have that um, positive role model of this is how a healthy relationship looks. And my parents didn't um, let their relationship slide. They were strong and they stood by each other no matter what. Um, And they found a way to raise us in their relationship. Yeah. And I think that's, and it got so convoluted somewhere. And I think people take that, can take that in a different way where it's just like, yeah, for sure. Your obviously well-being of your kids come first. But here's the thing. Um, I think for the most part, we could probably say that a lot of probably involve themselves a little bit more. And it's, and like you said, that structure helps you fit in that time to have you time. You know, if kids go to bed at seven o'clock at night, okay, you know, then you've got from seven to eight to have, you know, you time, your own time. And I know it doesn't always work that way. I know. Um, and then, you know, from eight to nine, then you have your guys's time or one night a week or, you know, but I feel the same way too, because in a sense, where it's like with me and my ex, it's like, we're so focused on our goals that we weren't focused on our relationship, um, as husband and wife as much. And then it was just like, when we came back to that, we were just such different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can happen very easily and very quickly when you get yourself so wrapped up in other things. So if you get yourself wrapped up in parenting and that's your number one priority, five years down the road, you're going to look back and think, who the fuck am I? What is happening in my life? Who is this person I'm with? You know, not everyone, but I think that that happens to a lot of people. And it's really important to make sure you have a gut check. Like you said, if you're not there for you, you can't be the best mom. You can't be the best wife. You're, you guys aren't together as a unit, then you're not going to be able to raise those kids in a place where they have a solid foundation to grow who they are. They're going to be in a constant like fight or flight and all back over the place. Cause you're all over the fucking place. And and it is, and you have to find that balance. And that's the one thing, like I was always guilty. Oh my God. Like we took a date night that could have been family time. But then I took a step back when we did have some issues, um, where we weren't in a good place as a husband and wife and said, okay, if we don't make this a priority, then it's not going to last. Our kids are going to be in different homes. They're going to be going back and forth, but our relationship is number one over our parenting and it has to be um you love your kids differently than you love your spouse um and your kids know that that's a never-ending love that no matter what they do you're always gonna love them that's guaranteed no matter what that's just I know it is for my parents no matter what I do my parents will always love me you can probably attest to that um but with your spouse that's a relationship that constantly needs work that you are always building on And at the end of the day, like I said, it is just going to be the two of you. And if you want to make that work when your kids are gone, unless you want to constantly have kids, yes, um, (laughs) you know, for the rest of your life or whatever, you need to find a way to make that work. Your kids will, they'll come in, they'll go, they'll come in, they'll go. um, And that's your, your relationship with your husband and your relationship with yourself has to be the number one priority, especially the one with yourself. Because if you aren't, and I wasn't for a, a lot of years I wasn't, um, healthy and I'm getting back there and my kids are seeing that too. So that's kind of a learning curve for us too. My kids are seeing that I'm becoming a healthier person, which is making them want to become healthier people. And I don't hide mental illness from my kids. I don't hide, um, you know, they know if we have an argument, we try not to fight in front of them. Um, healthy stuff we, we do, you know, Hey, this is not where you put that. They need to see healthy arguments, but you have to have those relationships before your kids, because otherwise 
Like, who are you going to be when they're gone? And that's the biggest thing for me and for anybody. I, I suggest you take a look at that. If you're not putting time into your, to your spouse relationship, um, or your self relationship, just think of it. Who am I going to be when my kids are no longer at home? Because I mean, going through, um, empty nest syndrome, that's a thing. Oh yeah. It's a real thing. And, and I've watched some of my friends do it now where they're trying to find out who they are again, because you put so much into your kids' lives and doing things for your kids. When they go, you look back and you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? So if you create, if you create healthy situations now where, okay, I'm going to do this with my friend, or I'm going to do this by myself. I think when your kids leave, you won't feel that as much maybe such a shock yeah such a loss because you're already you know taking care of yourself and your other relationships that when your kids leave and they come back to visit or you know if they're still living at home but going to school you don't feel that stress as much like oh my god my kids don't need me as much anymore what am I going to do with myself yeah totally and and I think you too like held on to those relationships and nourished them or nourished that hobby or nourish that relationship with your spouse or wherever it may be that it's like you just get to do that more and then take time out when you get to see your kids where it's like when you don't have those things and then they leave and then you're just sitting in this quiet house you don't know how to talk anymore you don't have things in common you don't have friends you don't have hobbies you kind of I imagine that's got to be a little bit of a shock and a depression because you've been going through that for 18 20 years of your life you know that's a really big hit and I don't think people think about it until it's too late and I think most of us can say a lot of the times time flies by and you might think 18 years is a long time but it isn't it goes fast and all of a sudden now look at where we're at with Trinity she's 14 you know so in the next five to six years there's a good chance she's gonna flee the net at flee the nest that sounds weird fly you know leave and at the same time though as she's becoming a teenager she's also more and more wanting to come out and go out and do friends and she's going to want to get a job and go driving you know so it is it's really crucial like that starts earlier on so it's I think it's super important you know obviously after the first couple of years um with newborns and you know and toddlers they're a lot more time consuming but you know making sure that you know when they do start going back into school at least that you start harboring those that um your uniqueness or your, your relationship with your friends or your spouse or whatever it is that you would want to do when they do grow up, start working towards that. Now, if you like, Oh, when I have kids, I want to be this, then, you know, start reading books or, you know, taking that time for you to still be your own individual person. And that is totally right. And for me, mine looks different right now because I am in school and I'm a mom and I'm a wife that and I'm a, and I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and I'm a friend like it looks so different mm-hmm. so when I can let other things slide um I don't mind um if I if I don't like call somebody or um because I I try to make my husband the priority so if my kids are at school and I have a day off we go and do date during the day so we're not losing time with our kids mm-hmm. it's now in a time where our kids are both at school. So we don't have that guilt. Yeah. Um, so it looks differently um, right now, but again, like when the kids leave, how is that going to change? Maybe, you know, retiring or like, look at where you want to be when you retire, or where you, you know, the things that you want to do to make you happy now and start planning that. Um <laughs> Oh, you guys are funny. Oh, children. 
I know. I, I said, mom's going to do this podcast. I'll be up shortly. We're here now. We've gotten through. We've <laughs> talked so much today. So, I, you know, what? that's the best part is I think almost every single time we've done a parent one, one of the kids oh. interrupts it. But it's just real to what parent life is. But uh, thank you so much, love, oh. for coming on the show. I, this was so great. We actually ended up talking about way more than I even anticipated. That's what I loved. I was like, I know I have the right person for this topic because oh, thank you've, you. been, you've been through it all and you have such a good way of articulating and, you know, being real without being, you know, like harsh or just being like, these are facts. And that's the, my, my number one thing I love about you. So thank you again so much for coming on the show today. I hope you awesome. had fun. Thanks for having me. I'm like, definitely not a professional. This is just what works for me and how um, I experience it. But I mean, if someone has a better way sometimes, man, I'm open to any feedback because I can use all the help I can get. Well, and I think that's our biggest thing about the show, though. It's just like when we we made sure when we made our thing, we're a disclaimer that, you know, like none of us are professional. But the thing about talking about stuff and experiences with any 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 topic is that you learn more by just understanding what other people go through. I think more than you could from any sort of school book. Um, life experience means so much because everyone is so unique. There's not a one fits all. So even though you could read something at a professional level, I'm not discrediting it by any means. You obviously know way more than that. However, sometimes you don't have access to that. Sometimes you don't, you know, you can't afford that or whatever. So just hearing what other people are going through and taking what resonates, what makes sense and applying that to your own life. I think that's the beauty um, of community and why it's so important. And we as humans need to be together is to have these talks um, and, and being vulnerable to being like, I have no idea what's going on or what I'm doing, but this is what happened to me. These were the results. What happened to you guys? Okay. Maybe if I have another kid, I'll try it this way or who, whatever it is. And that's what we love about the show is just talking about it to send that ripple effect, to get people to start asking questions within themselves and being aware, um, good, bad, or the other. And when we have people come on and they're so honest and this is what it is and I'm not perfect. Like that means more to me than a professional coming on saying, this is what I think, because it's easy to learn something and repeat that. I'm not saying that it's a lot harder to be vulnerable and being like, this is what worked and what didn't for me. And this is my life. So thank you again so much, my love for coming on and catching up with me today. I'm going to sign off with you on the show. So you guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and every episode that we've had. We're halfway or a little way through season two. We absolutely have the best time being on here. We hope that you guys do too. And make sure you're following us on social media until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for stopping by today. We appreciate you so, so much. If you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops, please make sure to send us some love on our Instagram page, the Be Real Babe podcast. Give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week. Until next time, babes.